Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo, Jesus. Man, I want to change the name of my message. I want to go plug in. I want to, woo, Jesus. God is good. Man, we have been eating good in this series. Come on, somebody. Man, Pastor Reggie has been bringing the word. He's been tuning up our faith. Excellent, excellent series. And then, I, I hope you all didn't miss it. Last Wednesday, Pastor Terrence taught a church up. Pastor Terrence told his church up. Woo, Jesus. That man has been with God. Woo. And then, Minister Kelly, Sunday morning. Oh, my God. We've been eating good, good groceries, good groceries. And then, my baby mama. Woo. Amen, amen. Pastor Monique. Oh, my God. That word was so good. Y'all remember that, uh, that movie, What's Love Got to Do With It? We drive in the church. And then I just got through praying. I'm praying for the service. I'm praying for us. And then I just, I just heard Ike Turner in my spirit. I said, I told Pastor Monique, I said, Anime, you better get up there and preach that word like your life depends on it. I said, Anime, you better touch that mic like this. It's going to be the last time you're going to ever preach. Don't get up there and embarrass Jesus and embarrass me. Ooh, that woman towed up last Sunday. Now see, that's about the hardest part of being in this church. Because it's like we've been running our own faith convention on the west side. See, I'm the fifth man on the roster. You know, I'm, I wish I was like number two, Pastor Reggie, and then I wish I would have went. Because you're sitting in your seat, and you're like, God, please don't let him preach my text. Don't let him, oh, Jesus, he just preached my text. God, don't, don't let him use that scripture. He just used that scripture. You know, this happened to me five times. So I'm praying. I'm like, God, I need something fresh. I need something on fire. I believe that this word is going to push you and propel you into your destiny. Some of you all are right there on the brink. Some of you all are right there about to take that step. I pray that this word is just going to push you, push you. Amen. Ooh, amen. Amen. I am. I am charged. I am on fire. A couple of weeks ago. Well, a couple of months ago, we went to this place called Main Event. We were there to celebrate a good friend of mine's birthday. A group of us went, and I don't know if you all are familiar with that. It's a place that's in Naperville, and they have so many different things you could do. In one building, they have the show, they have the movies where you could go. It's a nice place to take your family and go on a date. We went to the other building where you could play all the games. We went, played bowling. I was excited about that, talking trash, you know, just bowling. Then we went to go play laser tag. I'm on fire, shooting up everybody, shooting little kids. I didn't care. (laughs) Then that's where the whole evening changed for me. It was somebody's idea to let's go do these gravity ropes. So I'm like, okay, hey, hey, I could do this. Hey, man, let's go. So we go and the gravity ropes, they have them like 25, 30 feet in the air. And you get up there and you start walking on the ropes. Now, I'm there. They put the harness on me. I'm still on fire. I'm like, yes, let's do this. Let's go. So they put the harness on me. 
And then it's a rope that's connected to the pulley that's connected to this pole. So you cannot fall. You cannot hurt yourself whatsoever. See, I'm I'm like in between. I'm kind of afraid of heights, but I'm not afraid of heights. So the way I do this, I, I check the temperature. First, I look for little kids. If little kids could do it, I could do it. <laughs> then I look at my wife. See, my wife is like a professional risk manager. You know, she's the type that I look at stuff and say, mm, I don't think so. See, but I'm the type that like to try new stuff. I would go to a restaurant. Hey, it's calamari. Let's try calamari. Hey, it's octopus. On. Let's try octopus. Then after I tried, my stomach is toe up and I'm looking at my wife like, why did you let me do this? So my wife decided, she was like, no, nah, I'm going to sit this one out. I'm like, okay, babe, I'm about to go. So I'm going up these stairs with my rope. I'm on fire. I'm like, yes, I could do it. But then when I got up there, something shifted, something changed, something happened. I'm up there and I'm thinking like, man, it didn't seem like it was this high when I was down there. So now I'm, 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 I'm panicking now. I'm sweating. I'm like, God, okay, maybe I could say I left my phone. Maybe I could say I got to go to the bathroom. I got diarrhea. Something is going on. I got to get off this ride. I don't want to do it no more. I got all these little kids behind me like, okay, sir, would you go? I'm like, just calm down. I'm thinking about something. So now I'm, I'm sweating. And after 16 years of, of marriage, I'm, I'm still always trying to impress my wife. So now I'm sweating. I'm nervous. I'm like, okay, I can't look bad in front of my wife. I'm going I'm to do this. I'm going to do this. Now, the first part of the gravity ropes, it should only take you about 2.5 seconds. My brother... Brother Chris, that's right over here to my right, he goes through it with no problem. So I'm getting frustrated at Chris because I can see Chris, he doing it, you know. At one point, I see Chris moonwalking on the line. I'm like, no, he didn't. So now I'm sitting there and I'm sweating. So I take that first step and I'm shaking. And then I take the second step and I'm shaking. Now this part should only take you about 2.5 seconds. It took me about 15 minutes to get on the other side. So once I did it, I was like, okay, God, I did it. Yes, yes, yes. And then I saw the rest of the obstacle course. I was like, no, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. It wasn't until I calmed down. I saw where I needed to go. I calmed my spirit down. I closed my eyes and I took that first step. Look at your neighbor and say, go blind, go blind, go blind. Ooh, Jesus, go blind. Oh, Jesus. Now, whew, now it's funny. In John 10.10, 10, in the New Living Translation, it says, the thief's purpose is to come kill, steal, and destroy. Now, one of his tactics and one of his tricks he liked to use is fear. Amen? I want you to think for a second. How much stuff has fear came in and kidnapped from you. You know, some of us, fear has held for ransom our dreams, our goals, our opportunities, our relationships. Some of us have a fear of rejection. Some of us have a fear of failure. Some of us have a fear of success. Some of us have a fear of responsibility. You know, Pastor Ellis, I realized in his last quarter of 2015, but it's no longer politically correct to use the term fear. You know, we've dressed it up and 
put a suit and tie on it, made it sound sophisticated. You know, we made it socially acceptable. We no longer call it a spirit. For God says, I have not given you the spirit of fear. You know, have you ever seen a little kid with something and you wonder, like, where did you get that from? I didn't get that to you. That's how God looks at us every time we carry fear around. Where did you get that from? I gave you the spirit of a peace and of a sound mind. I didn't give you fear. Why do you have that? Oh, preach today, God. Yes, yes, yes. But we've made it a part of us, a part of our families. You know, we've, we've taken it home and we've fed it and we've held it. We've even changed its name. We no longer call it fear, but we call it phobias. Have y'all heard that word phobia before? You know, phobias, phobias. But I understand that there is different levels of fear. But this morning, I want to deal with the level that attacks our minds. That level of fear that keeps us from moving forward. That level of fear that keeps us from stepping out and trusting God. Sometimes we like to rehearse our fears and we speak them into existence. I'm afraid of this or I'm afraid of that. And and every time we keep speaking it, don't you know it manifests. Job said in Job chapter 3 verse 25, he says, For the thing I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come upon me. He kept speaking it and kept thinking it, kept rehearsing it in his mind, and then it manifests. Somebody say hallelujah. Ooh, but in order for us to have the victory, in order for us, in order for us to win, guess what we must first do? We got to renew our minds. Come on, somebody. We got to renew our minds. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but ye, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that of, that's good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23, it says, be continually. That word continually means frequently. Reoccurring, always happening. We got to be continually renewed in the spirit of, of your mind. Having a fresh, untarnished mental and spiritual attitude. I like that word, spiritual attitude. We got to have it. And Philippians, I'm going to give you all a lot of scriptures this morning. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 in the Amplified. It says, finally believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable. And worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure, hold, wholesome, whatever is lovely, brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute. And there is any excellence. If there's anything worthy of praise, think there's that word again, continually, frequently, reoccurring, always happening. On these things, center your mind on them and implant them in your heart. You got to keep them in your heart. You got to keep thinking what's good. You got to see victory before it even happens. Amen. In Proverbs chapter four, verse 23, I found this in the new century version. It says, be careful of what you think because your thoughts run your life. You got to be careful. That's why you can't just watch anything. That's why you can't just listen to anybody. You got to guard your spirit, man. Amen. 
Oh, amen. Jesus says that I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Don't you know you got to cast that thing down? Every time fear rises up, you got to cast it out. You got to dismantle that thing. The Bible tells us how Moses, how God tells Joshua, be strong and of good courage. He tells Joshua this three times. He kept reminding him, hey, be strong. I'm going to be with you. Be strong. Be of good courage. He told him that three times. And I was like, God, why did you have to keep telling Joshua this over and over? And as I started to research it, Joshua and the children of Israel had to go through 31 faith battles. 31. They had to defeat the kings and the kingdoms. You remember that song? Dun, 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 dun. And another one bites the dust. And another one down. And another one down. That's why we got to keep our faith resume with us. You know, when we get discouraged and we get worried about something, we got to look back and see how far God has brought us. Amen. We got to say another one down and another one down and another one down. Come on, somebody. In this last hour, we got to be fearless and faithful. We got to be fearless and faithful. Man, I told you all, I told you all last week, one of my first faith battles, you know, I got saved at 18. I'm, I'm full of, I'm, I'm, I'm like green in the gospel because I was full. I was witnessing to everybody. I was prophesying to the grass and prophesying to trees. I'm like on fire for God. And I got this good job. I got a beautiful girlfriend. I got a car. And then I moved out of my parents' house. I'm like, man, this faith thing works. You know, I'm going to church. I'm tithing. Then at the age of 20, I get laid off my job. And then I'm like, oh, God, what am I going to do? Then I get a five-day eviction notice. Now I'm sweating. So now I did what any self-respecting 20-year-old would do at that moment. I called my mama. (laughs) Man, I called my mama. And before she said anything, she was like, baby, I'm proud of you. You keep on doing what you're doing. You keep on trusting God. God is going to work it out. God is faithful. God is going to just move. She was like, I wish these other people in my house would get out and do what you're doing. She was like, I am so happy for you. So I'm like, I'm like, all right, mama, I I, got to go. I'll talk to you later. So now I'm I'm like, God, what am I going to do? So. Monique, she came over and we, we packed up my little studio apartment and we put it in the trunk of my car. And I'm like, I'm just going to trust God. I'm just going to trust God. By this time, uh, Monique was going to Roosevelt University downtown. And so what I would do, I would take her to school and I would park my car on the end of her block up under the streetlight. And I would read my Bible, eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and cry and Read my Bible, eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and cry. Monica, look out the window. And this was before we had cell phones and texts. You know, I would flick my car lights like three times and say, I love you. You know, flick them again and say, you know, I miss you and, and good night. And this went on. This went on for three months. And I kept I kept trusting God. I was like, I believe you. I trust you. And it wasn't until. My mindset started to change, even though my circumstance said homeless, my vision said something else. And what I would do, what I would do, Brother Varnell, I would pick Pastor Monique up and we would go driving and we would sit in these 
at Oak Park and then we would go in River Forest and we would sit in front of these people's houses and I would eat my peanut butter and jelly sandwich and I was like, baby, one day I'm going to buy you a house like that and one day you look at that grass, I'm going to pay somebody to cut my grass and we're going to have this and we're going to have that. We used to do this all the time and then the people that owned the house, they would look out the window and then call the police on us. So then we would move to another neighborhood and baby, look at that grass and we would, you know, we kept looking at the vision. You know, then the next year we get married. Three years after that, by the time I turned 24, I bought my baby a house. You know, I saw that thing. Then, by the time I turned 34, we, we got out the first house. We buy a second house. So now I'm, I'm in my big pretty house, and I go to my window, and I, I kiss my wife. I was like, you remember when we used to fantasize and dream about this? And then we'd see a young couple pull up, and they would look at the trees in our, in our yard, and I would kiss my baby, and I was like, you remember when we used to do that? And she'd look at me like, yeah, Chris, I remember that, and just blushing and just giggling. And then I'd look at her and say, call the police. <laughs> Don't be sitting in front of my house. I'm just playing, y'all. I'm just playing. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> I am petty like that. Yes, I am. King petty. But, man, touch your neighbor and say, go blind, go blind, go blind, go blind. I didn't see it, but I trusted God. Man, this word is good. This word is good. My second point is you got to go through the process, and you have to sit, and you have to submit. You have to sit and you have to submit. John chapter 9, verse 1. Just write this in your notes. Jesus is walking past. There's a beggar on the street. This man has been blind ever since he was born. Then the disciples asked the question. They say, Lord, who sinned? Did this man sin? Or did his parents sin? Jesus, Jesus is the bomb, y'all. He's, he's the bomb. He got an answer for everything. I'm going to paraphrase this part. He, he said, you know, some things, you just got to give God the opportunity to work out. God got to do what he want to do in your life. You know, have you ever met somebody, you know, a group of people that always want to bring up your past? You know, people will say, hey, didn't you file bankruptcy? What, what are you talking about, portion order? Didn't we just go to bankruptcy court with you? How are you trying to encourage somebody about their marriage and your marriage was just falling apart last week? You know what you can say to your haters that'll just shut them up? To God be the glory. Who could come back after to God be the glory? They're like, Pastor Chris, wasn't you homeless? To God be the glory. And then your haters are just shut up and it's, it's nothing to say after that. So God said, to God be the glory. Some things that you know, God just want to have his way. You know, a lot of times we look at our life and say, God, why am I here? Why, why do my marriage have to fall apart? Why, why do I have to go through this? To God be the glory. God is going to get the glory out of each and every circumstances in our life. So the part that, that just blew my mind, just, just messed me up, it said, Jesus takes the hand of the blind man. Now, the blind man must have knew who Jesus was. He must have heard and, and, and knew that when Jesus comes, my whole life could be changed. Because the blind man didn't say, hey, hey, what's going on? Hey, you know, why you take me by the hand? He didn't say, you know, Jesus didn't introduce himself and say, hey, I'm Jesus. You know, today is your day for a miracle. No, 
The blind man must have knew that it was a possibility that his life would be changed. Have you ever thought about the possibilities of your life? That it's possible you can have your own business. That it's possible you can have your own church. That it's possible that you can have your own family. That it's possible. The Bible tells us that all things are possible with God. So God, so Jesus, he takes the man by the hand and then he pulls him close. And can you see Jesus as he knelt down and he got the man by his hand? Now see, this is the part, Dr. Ellis, that just blew my mind. Now, it said Jesus spits in the dirt. He takes it, makes it in the clay, and takes the the clay and puts it on a man's eyes. Now, I don't know. I don't know if I can handle that. Now, I'm going to be real with y'all. Pastor Chris 101. I'm going to teach this thing. Is that all right? If you spit on somebody, that is the most nastiest, disgustingest, thing ever you know i understand some things happen you get excited you may spit on somebody by accident you know that's happened to me before you know somebody spit on me and i gave you grace if you, you spit on me one time but then the second time I'm, next time we have a conversation i'm gonna be looking at you out the corner of my eyes like that brother spit on me you know so next time we we have a conversation i'm just gonna say hey hey they're gonna be like hey pastor chris i want to talk to you hey hey god bless you hey text it to me you know call me I'm not going to give you an opportunity to spit on me again. So it, it blew, blew my mind, you know, that Jesus intentionally spits. You know, I don't, I don't know about you all, but if you intentionally spit on me, Pastor, Pastor Palmer, they're going to have to cut my mic off. You know, if somebody spits on me, we're going to rearrange this furniture up in here if somebody spits on me. So, but the blind man was desperate in his pursuit. The possibilities. So Jesus spits and he takes it. He wipes it on the man's eyes. This man, have you ever been like stretched in your situation? They too quiet on that. Have you ever been stretched in your situation? You believe in God for something and then he stretch you out a little bit more. This man goes from blind, just regularly blind. Now he's super blind because he got mud and dirt and spit on his face. He is now blind 2.0. He couldn't see if he wanted to see. You know, that's how God does. He, he paints the picture. He sets it up where it's impossible for us to do it ourselves. So God spits. And can you imagine that this man, he's, he's wrestling with something in his mind because he's like, this is not what I've heard before because Jesus, he was speaking. And then you will be healed. Jesus will ask, do you want to be healed? And he was ready in his answer. He was like, all I got to do is just say yes, and then I'll be able to see. All I got to do is just yield. But now it's different. Now it's, it's taking a turn that I'm not prepared for. Now Jesus has sped on my eyes, and what do I do? Can you imagine the emotional turmoil this man is going through? He's crying, and now he has spit and dirt on his eyes, and he's like, what do I do? Sometimes you have to go through your process. And you have to submit even when it's not pretty. Even when it's not nice. You know, you got to be able to submit and say, God, I'll go through this process. Even though it's hard, even though I want to give up, even though I want to move. But God, I'm not going to move. I'm not, I'm not going to be persuaded. I'm not going to be pulled from my set place. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to receive. I don't understand, God, what's going on, but I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to move. Jesus looks at him. I think this is around 
around verse, verse nine. No, verse six. Jesus looks at him and he says, go. Now, can you imagine a blind man is just he's just messed up mentally. He can't see. And now he says, go, go wash. The blind man would bless me about the blind man. He didn't turn around and say, "Okay, Jesus, I go. But you got to heal me first. He, he didn't say, okay, God, you know, I go, I go wash, I'll do what you say, but, but you got to fix me first. You know, that's how sometimes we do. We keep using that word, but, 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 you know, I would open my own shop and have my own business, but I don't have the money. You know, I would do this and go back to school, but I don't have this or I don't have the education or I don't have that. Don't you know, but is a dream killer. We, we use but so much to try to validate our inaction. We try to say, you know, I would do this and I would go, but I can't. But the blind man, he didn't say that. The blind man just went. The Bible tells us they were healed as they went. Can you see the blind man? He's staggering and then he falls, but then he gets back up. My Bible says that a righteous man falleth seven times, but seven times he gets back up. So it doesn't matter if you tried it and it didn't work out. See, some of us like to try things one time and then, well, I tried it and it just wasn't for me. It just wasn't the will of God. Don't you know you got to keep working that thing? You got to keep trying. See, some of us have, in the beginning, we, we tied one time and we thought that our finances would miraculously turn around. But don't you know you have to keep tying and you got to keep sowing and you got to keep giving. The Bible says a righteous man faulted seven times, but seven times he gets back up. You can knock me down, but I'm going to get back up. You could take from me and you could talk about me, but I'm going to get back up. Y'all remember that, that toy back in the 80s? It was called a weeble wobble. Y'all remember that? All the weight of the weeble wobble was at the bottom and you used to flick those things and pop it and it'll, it'll move, but it won't go down. Every time you move it, it'll pop back up. See, I got that word on the inside of me. I got that weeble wobble in my spirit. Every time the enemy pops me, I'm going to get back up. Amen? Oh, this is good. Proverbs 24, verse 16, it says a godly man trips seven times, but seven times he gets back up. It doesn't matter if your business failed the first time. You got to keep trying and you got to keep doing it. So what? You couldn't buy that piece of property the first time. You got to try it again. You got to get back up. It doesn't matter that you didn't get pregnant this mo- this week, this month. We got to keep trying. We got to get back up. Oh, we got to get back up. We got to get back up. Ooh. Romans. Come on, come on, bring it back in, bring it back in. Romans chapter 4, verse 17, it says, you got to speak those things as though they were. I got to keep speaking it, I got to keep speaking it. I don't see it, but I got to keep speaking it. The world says that if I see it, I believe it. But guess what? We believe it, then we see it. I was doing my research, I'm almost finished, stay with me. Thomas Edison. It said that this man was a child. He went to school and he failed kindergarten. All throughout his life, he failed. He kept failing. But it was one thing that he really loved, and that was science. And 
the teachers went to his mother and they said, you need to just take your child out of school because he's like this close from being retarded. And she was like, okay. She talked to him. She was like, Tommy, you got to get a job. He was like, okay. So he goes and get a job. And every job he had, he got fired. Every job, he just, he just, couldn't, just couldn't comprehend. He, he was focused on this one thing, and that was science. He loved science. So he devoted himself to science. And every time he tried this one experiment, he kept failing. He tried it once. It didn't work. He tried it again. It didn't work. He tried it again. It didn't work. This man tried this one thing for 1,433 times. 1,433 times. If it is a scientific fact, you can hit an oak tree 1,000 times in different spots. It's not going to do anything. But if you hit that oak tree a thousand times in the same spot, don't you know you would bring that oak tree down? He failed 1,433 times. 1,433 times. He failed, but he kept getting back up. Every time he failed, it put him a step closer to his destiny. See, we have to learn from our mistakes. We got to get back up. Okay, it didn't work that time, but I'm going to try it again. Okay, it didn't work, but I'm a little bit closer. Okay, it didn't work. I'm, I'm almost here. It's, it's, it, we're almost at our point. But imagine, what if he would have gave up? What if he would have said, this is not for me? The Bible says about the children of Israel, God tells them to walk around Jericho singing and praising. They walked around the city. What if they would have only walked around it twice and said, you know what, Joshua, this ain't working. This is just bogus. I'm tired. I'm hot. I'm going to go home. We'll try it again another day. But the Bible says they walked around that city seven times. Seven times they didn't give up. That's how we have to be. I got to keep trying this thing until I see the manifestations of God. Amen. He failed 1,433 times, but by that 1,434th time, he got it. Now, 200 years later, we are still benefiting from his failures. We can go and just flip the switch and we have electricity. Don't you know you're one idea away from changing the world? You are one idea away from something great happening. Some of you all are right there. About to step into it. But the enemy is saying, quick, give up. It's not going to work. But you right there. You can't give up. You can't turn around. Amen? 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 So let's get back to that blind man now. He's walking. And he doesn't see. But you have to depend on what you hear to get you to where you need to be. His hearing had to change. Now, can you imagine him? He's going from walking in the dirt to now, wait, I feel sand in between my toes. Now, now I hear the water. Now, now I can smell. Now, now I can hear the seagulls. And he's walking and he's walking and he's walking. And now his feet is in the water. The atmosphere changed. The Bible said that he got all the way in. Imagine he, he could have just went put his toes in the water and splash a little water on his face and said, okay, Jesus, I washed. But this man kept walking and he walking and he stepped. In order for us to see the manifestation of God, you have to be all in. You have to be all in. That thing, that faith thing got to cover you. You can't be in faith today, 
and then be discouraged tomorrow. You can't do that. You have to be all in. I am fully dedicated. I am fully submitted to the process. I got to see God. See, I'm in a desperate state, y'all. I'm in a faith, a faith battle for my life right now. I'm believing God for something so big. And I know that me and my wife, we're on the brink of it. And the Bible said that after he washed and after he cleansed himself, he said the people looked at him and they didn't recognize him. They, they looked at him and said, ain't that the beggar that was just begging? No, that, that looks like him, but that, that's not him. You know, people are looking at Pastor Reggie and Pastor London. Didn't Pastor Reggie, ain't that the same Pastor Reggie that did praise and worship at Bill Winston's church? How he got a church like that? No, that looks like Pastor Reggie. No, that, that's not Pastor Reggie. You know, that can't be the same Pastor Reggie. People are looking at Chris and Monique and they say, is that Chris and Monique with all those kids? No, that, that, that look like Chris and Monique. But that ain't, that, that ain't Chris and Monique. People going, people see us in one way. But don't you know I'm going to be preaching on TBN pretty soon? Y'all going to be able to turn on the, the Word channel and like, ain't that the same Pastor Chris? No, that looks like him, but that ain't him. Don't you know people, when they see you, when they see you, they're not going to be able to recognize you. They're going to say, no, man, no, no that, that, that can't be the same person. That, that can't be. Man, I'm, I'm believing God for something big, Lifeline, something about to happen. Come on, come on, touch your neighbor and say, go blind, go blind, go blind. Oh, my God, oh, my God. Whew. Jesus, you may not be able to see what's going on, but you got to trust him. You got to trust him. You know, have you ever had, I had a meeting with Pastor Reggie, uh, I want to say two weeks ago. Me and my wife. Have you ever been like thinking something and then you say the total opposite? Y'all oh, too quiet. Have you ever been like thinking something and then you say the total opposite? Man, I was in there, I was I was confident. I was like, yes, we're going to meet with my pastor and I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna tell him this, I'm gonna tell him my vision. I was I was charged. He asked me one question. And I I'm thinking in my head, I got the response, I got the right response, but in my mouth. It said something. I said the F word in front of Pastor Reggie. I said, fear. And Pastor Reggie looked at me. He was like, son, you got to dismantle that thing. And I was like, oh, Chris, why did you say that? You don't say fear. That is not in my vocabulary words. But I had to go back and I had to build myself back up in that thing. You know how when you when you see what happens when you're at home and we had, like in the summertime, down in, downstairs in, in my basement, I noticed it was ants. And I would kill an ant, and then it would go. But then another ant would come, and then kill that one. And then I, I got, started getting bored, and I'm watching these ants, so I get alcohol and spray the ants, you know. I even took a, a, a lighter, you know, and, like, set that. Sometimes I get bored, you know. But I noticed these ants kept coming back. They kept coming back until I found the source and where they were coming from. I had to plug that thing up. I had to cut it off. I had to put the spray and I had to put the, what's, the, what's that white stuff that we use? The boric acid. Yes, I had to get that and close it up. That's what you have to do with fear. You got to find out where fear is seeping in and then you got to go and you got to, by any means necessary, you got to close that thing up. You got to patch it up. Amen? Amen? Man, this is good. This is good. We got to go blind, go blind, go blind. 
Oh, Jesus, I keep thinking about all the the faith battles that, that we've been through. All the times that we were close to just giving up and God just worked the thing out. I don't know how. And, you know, I'm I'm from Inglewood, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm from the hood. And some of the things that it don't make sense, it don't make sense how God a move a thing and how God a, a shape a thing and, and move you from where you were to where you are now. And, and where you are now is is still not where you want to be, but you're on your way. Sometimes you got to see that thing and you got to keep speaking to God. I trust you. I don't know how we're going to get to where we're going, but I trust you. You know, every day you have to visit your your dream and your vision. You have to live in the future. See, some of us live in the past, the present and the past. We keep saying, you know, I'm going to do it. But I remember when this happened. But every day I want you to spend time in your future. You got to look at things. This is not our final destination. My pastor is not content with being here. Every day he's looking at his vision and saying, God, we got to go somewhere. I know a few weeks ago, y'all saw that big for sale sign on the, on the front of the church. By faith, we got to go somewhere. We got to move from this place. Every day he's visiting his future. How much time are you, are you putting towards your gift and your goals and your dreams? How much time are you investing in yourself? Don't you know you have to make yourself better? Don't you know you have to keep working that thing and keep working that thing? I'm not content with where I am. You know, okay, we got accomplishments. Yeah, maybe we were comfortable, but I'm I'm not content. I got to keep working that thing. I want more. I'm not satisfied. Sometimes we get comfortable in our comfort zone. We don't want to step out. We don't want to take chances and we don't want to move forward. We, We just get relaxed. Don't you know there's people that's tiptoeing to an early grave? When you don't use your faith, you are committing spiritual suicide. Some of us have been carrying dead faith for years because I'm just comfortable. I got a good job. I got a family. You know, I pay my bills and I'm I'm just comfortable. I'm relaxed. But that's not enough. See, you never make you never have to bash people over the head to be extraordinary. We're an extraordinary people. So it's something on the inside of us that just won't settle. I'm hungry for more. I need more. See, I don't know about y'all, but I'm in the middle of, me and my wife are in the middle of writing a book. And my book is going to be on a New York's top 10 list. I I see it. I'm visiting it every day. I keep walking through my house and I'm like, baby, this is not it. You know, I want more. I see something bigger. Minister Stacy blessed me a couple of weeks ago. He said how he bought his son a car even before he was ready. I said, God, I want to buy my son a house. You know, even before we have kids, I want to say, here, son, here's the, the keys to your house to get started. You know, I see something. I, I see something bigger. Do you see it? You got to go blind. You got to go blind, lifeline. Go blind. It don't make sense. But I got to go blind. I got to trust God. Stand to your feet. Oh. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, let's just worship God for a minute. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, God. Oh, yes, God. Oh, God, you're wonderful. You're awesome, God. You're magnificent, God. Oh, God, I trust you. Oh, Father, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you, Lord. Oh, Father, I'm committed to the process, God. Oh, God, I want to go blind. I want to go blind.
Oh, Father, I trust you that I will walk into my destiny. I'm so close, God. I'm not going to give up, God. I'm not going to disappoint you. I'm not going to turn back, God. Oh, God, I'm, I'm, I'm so close to something big, God. Oh, God, help me, Father God. Push me, God. Propel me into my destiny, God. Father, let me be in one place one day, Father God, and I'm somewhere else, Father God, the next. Oh, Father, I trust you, Lord. Oh, Father, I lift my hands and I submit to the process, Lord. I submit, God, for it's not your will, but it's my will, God. It's not my way, but it's your way, God. Oh, Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that I'm not where I used to be, Father God, that all things are new, God. If you be for us, God, who can stand against us? Who can stand against us? Oh, Father, I thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you. Let's praise God for the word. Let's praise God for the word.